You're listening to the Video Marketing Podcast, helping you go a little more viral every day. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Okay, welcome everybody to the Video Marketing Podcast. I'm Matt Johnston. Thank you so much for being here today and spending your time with us here today. Very excited today. For the first time on the show, we've got a YouTube organic ninja. <laughs> did you know I was going to call you a ninja? We've I got did a not see organic. <laughs> We've got yeah. a YouTube organic ninja on the show, uh, Jesse Minch. Very excited to have Jesse here. Jesse has grown his Get Handles Basketball channel up to 491,000 followers. Raise your hand silently if you would like 491,000 followers on your YouTube channel. I'll wait. Okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> he's also the owner of Inspire Video Marketing. He helps people build and grow businesses just like this on YouTube and uh, been in the marketing world for quite some time. Jesse, thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited to dig into this stuff. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Matt. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, excited to share what I can with everyone. I, I, I can't wait. Let's just start first about how you got into the YouTube organic game because a lot of people sort of fall into this stuff. Is that your experience as well? Yes. I originally went on YouTube. Uh, I was doing like basketball tricks and stuff and I was just pushing on YouTube as a means to get the video out and put it onto these message boards when those were still a thing uh, and get respect for my tricks. And so eventually I ended up seeing this other guy that was doing tutorials on how to do tricks and he was getting like crazy views. I'm like, hmm, well, let me give that a try. So then I did that and that kind of led to another thing. And then I started going more fundamental basketball tutorials. And next thing you know, it's a full-time business. What do you know? <laughs> so what, so yeah. what was the growth like at first? I mean, how fast did it grow? So it was, YouTube was a much different thing when I got on it. It, was I was on like almost I think it started in 2005 I got on YouTube around 2006 uh so there was less competition uh but there's always less less people on it but that being said like if you knew a little bit about search engine optimization and things like that you could do pretty well uh so a couple of my videos like I didn't upload very frequently it was like maybe once every three months two months and when I did they would do really well uh but it took me a while to really start taking things a little more seriously um and so I started looking more into search engine optimization. I'd say about four years after that, five years after that. And then I kind of got stuck in that rut. And then I just kept doing that and not learning and growing. And then after a while, I was like, okay, I need to pay attention to what's actually happening on YouTube, which it's not just about search engine optimization. It's about the quality of your title, your thumbnail, all that stuff. Uh, and just kind of keeping more up to date with, the, uh, with a pulse on how the platform is working. And then I started seeing a, another big surge of growth. So I kind of had like two periods where I had these big surges when I finally decided to take things a little more seriously. Well, that's good because you got the surges before you were like fully optimizing your account then. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, especially like with the business side of things and, and all that, um, you know, for, for a while I was getting a fair amount of views, but I wasn't really capitalizing on it because it was mainly just me getting views and, oh, cool, I get a little bit of ad revenue, but it wasn't like enough to even pay like my car payment. You know what I mean? Well, let's go back a little bit. Why do you think that without even doing all of this optimization, and I know it was a slightly different time, but why do you think without doing all this optimization, you were still able to get people into these videos? You know, because when we all think about YouTube channels, or at least those of us that have dug into it, we, you know, we know that, you know, it can be a full-time job to manage a YouTube channel, getting everything in order, you know, from SEO to thumbnails and all this stuff. And we're going to go into the tactical side of that all later. But why do you think it picked up so much steam so fast just based on the content? 
I think there's a couple things at play. Um, number one, I was promoting my content. I wasn't just like putting it on YouTube. I was putting it in message mm. boards. I was um, actually at the end of my videos, I wouldn't do this again probably, but at the end of my videos, I gave links to like my personal Facebook page. And then anytime someone added me from a friend and they were from another country, I was like, okay, well, I probably don't actually know this person. So I'd shoot them a message and I'd say, hey, check out this video. And so I would just keep sending people to this one certain video. And I think that kind of helped get some, some, uh, backlinks into the video. Uh, and I told people like, if you found the video helpful, do me a solid and share it. So I did a lot of promoting, uh, besides that, I did do a little bit with the search engine optimization side of things. And then I think besides that is just the, the content was different. I think from what other people were putting on the platform, as far as, you know, basketball tutorials and things like that, I tried to give people something that they hadn't seen before. And I think that helped it stand out and made it more shareable. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's a very good point. I mean, even with all of the the algorithmic optimization that you're trying to do, you still need to actually share your content in other platforms, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. Um, especially, like, I've been talking about that a lot with the Inspire Video Marketing channel. Like, so many people, they see these videos on two on YouTube, these tutorials on how to grow on YouTube. And a lot of it talks about search engine optimization and all this other stuff. And that's great. And it will help. And, and it, you know, over time you can grow the channel, but like, don't just sit there and wait for YouTube to pick it up. Like put some hustle in to get the content out there to people. And you can really make that growth happen a lot more quickly for like the first two, three months of having inspired video marketing as I was starting it. Cause I just started that channel seven, eight months ago. I was posting it in Facebook groups for people looking to grow on YouTube. You know, I'm not just going to sit there and wait for you, you know, YouTube to say, okay, this is a good video. We're going to put it in search. We're going to put it in suggested. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to get it in front of people. And from there I can build my audience. And, you know, as I get more people watching, YouTube is going to start to get a better idea of who's interested in my videos. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. So there's two things I want to get into on the super tactical side of things here. The first thing is just, just how do we grow this thing from like, if, if, if we were starting from scratch today, or if we're going to an existing YouTube channel, it's a little bit dormant, how we grow that thing. And the second thing I want to get into, and I know we were talking about a little bit before the show that you feel like you, 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 uh, you, you do a little, a little bit different is teaching people how to actually leverage that into a business, uh, and capitalize that. Um, so let's start, uh, let's start, uh, with the optimization side. So if you were starting a YouTube channel from scratch, what would your process look like? So here's where I think I, I have a little bit different approach. I think than some people, so some people will say, just try a whole bunch of different stuff. And some people say your channel should be exactly this. And I think the answer is a little more in the middle. I think you should have a clear understanding of, okay, this is kind of what I want to do with my channel. But within that, like, don't be afraid to try different formats, slightly different topics, things like that, just to see what clicks with people, what resonates, what works for you um, and find your voice. But at the same time, you don't want to be too all over the place. So an example would be like, if I'm going to start a channel on cooking, then I want it to be about different cooking topics. Maybe I'll try some, you know, restaurant reviews, but I want it to be all food related. I don't want to all of a sudden say like, okay, well, here's how to change a flat tire. Like then you're sort of losing your audience. You're building this audience with all these different topics. And then when you upload new videos, it's going to hurt those videos because YouTube's looking at click through rate, which is the percentage of people when they see your thumbnail, do they click it? So if you have like a video that blows up on how to change a tire and all your other videos that you're uploading are on cooking, when you upload a video, 
all those subscribers you gain from the flat tire video, they don't care about your cooking video and now they don't click. Um, and click through rate is like one of the biggest things that they're looking at. So like, that's why it's important to have at least a, a, a certain level of definition with your niche. But within that, I think you still got to play around and try different things because you don't know what you like yet. You know, you don't know what your audience wants to see and you can't really find those things out unless you're willing to do a little bit of experimenting. Um, and besides that, I think another thing is just, you know, model something successful, like don't copy another channel, but if there's another channel that's doing something well, like, okay, what, what's making this channel work? What are the pieces they have in place? What are they doing in their videos? Like asking those questions, I think is really important. Um, and then besides that, the search engine optimization side of things. Um, and I would say even more so nowadays, suggested engine optimization. So, you know, you want to really be paying attention to your keywords. You want to try to get that click through rate by, up by having a good title, a good thumbnail. Uh, you want to pay attention to your watch time. So trying to get people to watch as much of your video as possible and watching, you know, longer periods of that video. Um, I, I could go all day on this, but uh, yeah, th there's a lot of pieces in place, but I think the biggest one is just kind of figuring out that niche and then having a certain level of flexibility with it. I think some people get locked into this and I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on it. I think some people get locked into this. Okay, I need to, I'm going to launch this YouTube channel. I need to make it a very serious effort. So I need to make sure that I'm not, you know, doing a lot of repurposing of content on here. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that the expectations from the viewer are always similar. Like you're going to see, like you're going to get a similar amount of value, which I think everybody would agree should be, you know, delivering like a large amount of value in every video. But, um, you know, visually, does it need to like always look the same? Like angle wise, does it always need to feel the same? Um, I mean, is it a problem to have different formats? How much does that jeopardize thing? The, these are all of the things that I've come across when I've worked with companies consulting that they're always saying, okay, so how many different formats do we need to have? How many, you know, do, how much... Uh, talking head type stuff do we need to have versus other types of stuff? What do you think about that content mix and, and what matters the most about it? Considering that there are two pools of audiences, right? There's your subscribers and then there's the SEO crowd that's just finding you organically. And so you how do you cater to those audiences, especially at the beginning when, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, it can be a battle to get your first 20 subscribers. Yeah, I think as far as that goes, I, I personally am all for trying different content types for the most part. I think there's, it depends on the channel though too. Like you'll see certain channels, like they just do one style of content and that's what people expect from them. And if you've kind of got locked into that for quite some time, then yeah, you should probably stick with it. And then from time to time, maybe experiment with something different. But like me per personally, like I switch my formats with get handles. I switch them up with inspire. And the big thing you have to just pay attention to is what's, what's working. Um, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again and it's getting stale, then maybe it's time to switch things up and try a different format. Um, me personally, I do try to uh, put a mix in just to keep things a little bit interesting and fresh. Uh, I know for a while on Get Handles, I had everything in this gym. I, 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 it was a YMCA that I would film at and then I would just do a voiceover at home. And I, I could tell after a while, like even for me, I got bored doing the videos. I got bored editing them. I could tell like the audience wasn't resonating. And then once I switched things up, the channel started to get a nice little surge of growth again. So I think it's important to like, again, like we we're talking about before, like stick within your niche. What's your main thing you're giving people? Like what's your channel about? But like the format type, me, me personally, I think you could switch that up. Um, 
branding wise, I think with your thumbnails, a level of consistency is good. So when they see your upload, they know it's you. Now I don't go hardcore on that. Like I just stick with, okay, this is my font that I use. I use impact font for pretty much all the channels I work with. Cause it's this nice, bold and clean. You can see it in a little mobile device. And then I try to get my face in there if I can. Um, and then with inspire, I also put a logo really little in the, in the bottom corner, but like, sometimes I think people get a little too stuck into one thing. And like you said, you, you can miss out on some of that suggested traffic or search traffic by trying to always just cater to your subscribers. Um, I've had it where sometimes I just go down these random rabbit holes because one subscriber said something and it's like, okay, you've got to keep in mind, like what's going to help your audience, but also help you reach a new audience. So I think if you get too stuck into, I just do this or one subscriber said this, like, and you're always just trying to please them, you could be missing out on a lot of potential growth. That's really interesting. Okay. So let's, go back and tap into the actual tactics because a lot of people just want to know what to do. So you're starting your channel and you want to make sure that you have a process and a strategy to make sure that every piece of content that you have is optimized. So let's, um, we, we can get to the editorial after this, the stuff you do in the video. First, the stuff outside the video from SEO down through the nuts and bolts. What are the, the key building blocks that every video needs to have behind it? So this is a mistake I made for years. I made the video, then I made the title. Should be the other way around. You figure out, okay, what's the topic of this video? And really, like, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give people is YouTube growth, especially now, it's con it comes down to videos. Can you make a successful video? If that video blows up, your channel blows up. So when you're coming up with your topic, you need to spend a heck of a lot more time saying, okay, well, what can I do to make this topic stand out? So an example I often give is you could make a video on how to tie your shoelaces. Well, that's boring. Everyone knows how to do that. But what if you said how to tie your shoelaces so it looks like a dragon or how to tie your shoelaces in one second, you know, whatever, you know, how, how not to tie your shoelaces. And it could be a comedy video, right? Like ask yourself how you're going to take that basic concept and add something unique and interesting to it and let that be your building block. And then from there, you can, you know, your title will be pretty easy. Coming up with an interesting thumbnail will probably be a lot easier. Coming up with good content will be a lot easier, but it all starts with coming up with that good topic first. So with that, there's kind of a mix. It's kind of like, okay, well, what's gonna sound kind of quote unquote clickbait, but you wanna deliver on it, of course, but also what are the search terms that I'm trying to rank for? So you kind of have to, you know, like do a little dance between those two things. Um, but the more you can put that into your thought process, you know, okay, what are the search terms? How can I make this a clickable title and thumbnail and a, and a cool, interesting video, the better results you're going to get. So I think like, that's the, the biggest tip I can give as far as tactics go with the, just coming up with the video idea. And then as far as like thumbnails go, uh, typically now my big thing on thumbnails is you'll get a lot of like tutorials and advice and things like this on YouTube. And I've had some of my best performing thumbnails as far as click-through rate goes be like the exact opposite. So I'm always testing. I use a tool called TubeBuddy and I run A-B tests. Right, right now I've got 50 uh, split tests going. One day it'll show one thumbnail on, that, on a, a certain video. The next day it'll show a different one and they keep switching back and forth each day. So then from that, I can get an idea of, okay, well, this is the better thumbnail. And what I found is it's not the best practices don't always apply. But what I have seen is typically simple and clean wins. Um, you know, maybe one person, one face, um, mm. 
one piece of text maybe to the side or one icon. And usually I leave it at about that. Um, sometimes I'll have a little bit of other stuff, but like trying to get like flowery fonts and little details in your picture, like people don't see that on a little mobile device. So I always, almost always try to start with something really simple. And I found almost across the board, like simple wins. Like a lot of people would say you have to use these bright colors. Well, some of my best performing videos for Get Handles Basketball is literally like white background, action shot of me doing like a move, and then a little text to the side. And sometimes the text I'll do like in a brighter color, but like I, I've tried all these other thumbnails with all kinds of stuff going on, all these intricate details. And just for me across the board, for the most part, I'd say they, they just don't do as well. So I think if you can pay attention to your topics and your titles, you'll have a good video. If you could pay attention to your thumbnails and within that also the title will help the click-through rate and you get that click-through rate up and that watch time, that, those are the big keys to succeed right now. So let's go back to SEO quickly because a lot of people would advise you to research first and then come up with your video ideas second. Would you agree with that? I kind of do a dance between the two. Sometimes I start with, okay, this is a cool idea. And I think part of it is because I've done so much like research into the keyword. So I kind of know what like some of them are. Um, but within that, I mean, I, I'm always going to like at least put into consideration, okay, what are, what, what's the search volume on this? You know, is this something people are actually looking for? And what's the competition level? But what I've been finding more and more is if I focus actually a little bit less on the competition and just say, what's getting search volume and how can I make a killer title and a kittle thumbnail? And I'm, I'm going to put my hat into the ring in this big arena. I've been having a lot of success with that, especially with get handles. Now, a caveat with that mm. is it helps that the channel is bigger. You know, so since I have a larger subscriber base, if I put a video up, I'm automatically going to get a certain amount of views. So it kind of gives me a certain level of authority um, when I put that video out. Um, but with Inspire Video Marketing, I've had some of my biggest success too by trying to capitalize on these higher competition things. Now, I know a lot the common advice is, you know, high search volume, low competition, which typically I would say is true. But I've had some success by trying to go into these bigger topics. Um, and just making better content, just winning on content. Yeah, just make, yeah, exactly. Win on the title, win on the thumbnail, win on the video. Um, and I'd would say, you say one, that that's mostly, uh, that, that that's largely a suggested video play? Yes, for sure. Because if you're, and again, that's why it's so important to pay attention to that click-through rate and that audience retention and your watch time on your videos. Because if YouTube sees you're doing well on that, what, what they look at is watch time per impression is one of the main things. There's a lot of things, but if you're getting a high watch time impression, which means, you know, if you go on YouTube and you're watching a video, you'll see on your mobile device, all the videos below it. Or if you're watching it on a desktop, all the videos to the side. Every time you see those thumbnails, that counts as an impression. So if no one clicks, then you get zero watch time per impression. If they click, you probably get at least one second of watch time per impression. If you can get them watching longer, then you could get them up to, you know, 10, 20 minutes. That'd be phenomenal. Um, so the better you can do at that, the better those videos are going to perform and the more they're going to push them in search and suggest it. And that's where like the big views come. That being said, it is a little bit easier when you're starting a channel to, to go for the search traffic. Um, so a lot of times I do tell people like, okay, make some more search friendly type videos, but from time to time, throw in the mix some videos where you're going to swing big and you're going to try to go into these bigger topics. Um, and one piece of advice I can give you on that, that I'm, it's kind of fun to like kind of relearn YouTube with inspire video marketing and some of the clients I've been working with lately. But like, I've been having a lot of success with that. Just, okay. What's the big news that just came out with YouTube 
And how can I make a video about it quick before everyone else does? Because now there's high search volume. It's a trending topic, not a lot of videos on it. So that's probably, I think, one of the best ways to take advantage of that whole high search volume, low competition dynamic. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, so, so it's worth it to swing big from time to time. You just have to make better content and you're probably actually comparing your thumbnail against the competition and trying to stand out from that thumbnail wise, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If, if there's something I'm trying to show up for, I'll pop it in and I'll be like, okay, well, what colors are they using? What, what are their thumbnails look like? Okay. I'm going to do something different now with get handles basketball. It typically almost always happens because no one else is using a white background for the most part, because everyone probably thinks you need like a, you know, a, a basketball court behind you or, bright colors uh so but yeah I, I mean for inspire too like i'll type something in and i'll see you know what what does everything look like and i'm just gonna say okay well how can i make mine not that hmm. so here's a question that comes up a lot how much content do you actually need to create to be successful how often do you need to post my advice that i give people especially when you're starting out is one video a week for a year if you're not seeing any growth then you're probably doing something wrong. You're not analyzing enough. You're maybe missing a big piece. Um, but you know, if you're doing one video a week for a year, I would think at that point, you know, you'd start to figure out something that's going to hit. You know, you find uh, my, what I always say is like put one video a week for a year, and you know, usually well before that, you know, you get two, three, maybe six months in, and one video is going to pop. And from that, you double down. Okay, so I'm going to make more videos about this. This is what's working for me. I'm going to make some more on this. Um, to start sort of bring the channel up view wise, you know, get more suggested views from your own channel, get some more subscribers, all that stuff. And then from there, you can maybe try to branch out with some other topics, but like find, find the thing that's hitting big. So for me, like on inspire, like I just had a video uh, come out about, I don't know, two months ago when Janelle Eliana, you, you heard of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she blew up and I was like, I was a little late to the party, but I was still pretty earlier than a lot of people. And I got a lot of views on that. So what did I do? I made two more videos on that. I had another video that did well recently because I got on the FTC cracking down on YouTube kids. I was one of the first videos out of the gate. I was like, okay, I'm not waiting on this one. I'm getting it out right away. So I made another follow-up video on it. And that's like where a lot of my channel growth has come over the last two, three months uh, for Inspire. Same thing with Get Handles. From, I got from actually videos that, making videos about trending topics. Yeah, exactly. And then once once I, I start getting those views on that video, like I make another one. And they usually don't perform as well as the first one, but they perform well, bet, uh, way better than my other videos. Um, an example of this actually would also be my wife's channel. Like uh, her first video, she's got about half a million views in a year. And so it was on sp uh, learning Spanish wow. while sleeping. So I have her like, I'm like, just keep making more Spanish while sleeping videos. Like, well, they don't perform as well as, as that first one. I'm like, no, but look at how they perform compared to everything else on your channel. They always get like, you know, two, three, four times as many views minimum. So it's like, you know, even if you're not getting quite the results you did, keep doing those and, and then try new things and see what you can find that next big win that you can double down on. Let's dig into that video a little bit. I would assume that this is a common search term. And that's mainly where a lot of the traffic came from was SEO. Yeah. So we, um, I was actually teaching like a little course up in Wisconsin and I had a bunch of like business owners and whatnot, trying to teach them how to start a channel, just people that want to get on YouTube. And actually my wife was the only one that did something with it. And I was like working with her. She's like, well, what am I want to make a channel about? Like she didn't even know what she wanted to make a channel about. And she's from Honduras. So obviously she speaks Spanish very well. So we're just kind of typing things in and seeing what the options are with TubeBuddy. And we come across, uh, uh, I think it was like learn Spanish while sleeping or Spanish while you sleep or something. We're like, 
is that about? You know, it's kind of interesting. So we did a little more research and uh, figured out that it's basically these videos that people play while they sleep. And they learn, you know, Spanish through like hypnosis or whatever you want to call it. So mm. I have a background in audio production and I make music with my computer and usually have like soothing music. So I make a song for that. And, uh, you know, the, there wasn't a lot of competition on it, low volume. I got a, this good mic here that we could use. So she gets good audio quality. So I'm like, we could actually make a video on this and knock it out of the park. So we threw our hat into the ring, you know, put it, put it into the big arena. And lo and behold, the first month, eh, all of a sudden, about a month and a half, two months, psh, just skyrocketed. And that's like she's got a, a business built around it now. Like it wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for that first video. I, she probably wouldn't have keep doing YouTube for all I know. But, uh, you know, I tell people that's not typical. Don't expect to get a half a million views in a year on your first upload. <laughs> because I, see, I think a lot of people see these YouTube gurus and tactics and things like that and search engine optimization. And, you know, I say I always look at it as like, what are your odds? It, those things will improve your odds of performing well, but there's never a guarantee. Anyone that says like, you just do this one thing and you're for sure going to get a million views. They're probably lying to you or doing something that's going to get your channel banned from YouTube. Right, right, right. I, I also think it's good to keep in perspective that one view on YouTube is, at least in my opinion, astronomically better than one view on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, any of these platforms. I mean, first of all, because it doesn't count as a view until they watch 30 seconds. And second of all, it's just there's more search intent behind this content, right? You uh, agree? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I... I don't think those platforms aren't worthwhile by any means, of course, and I'm sure you would agree on that. But yeah, like a, a view sure, is just different. Yeah, yeah. And, and people go to YouTube to watch videos. It's like you're on Facebook or Instagram. It's just like, oh, it just happens to be in front of your face. But that doesn't mean you actually wanted to see it. Whereas YouTube, it's like you click to watch. And that action alone really, I think, is what differentiates it from the other platforms. So uh, j just quickly for everybody, he's mentioned TubeBuddy a number of times. I'll try to put a link in the show notes. Uh, TubeBuddy, in, in, in my opinion, is essential software for anybody who wants to grow their channel organically. It's it's pretty cheap for what you get. And as somebody who, who runs a YouTube advertising agency, I can tell you that getting YouTube keyword research is way more difficult than getting Google keyword research. And TubeBuddy, um, I have found, is one of the more user-friendly and cost-effective ways to do it, to do that keyword research. But it does everything else too it's basically like a little companion it's like a little fairy that sits on your shoulder and is like hey your thumbnail's not good enough and hey you're <laughs> what are you ranking for hey your watch time is this much your channel has this many views here are your trends um so uh and and and, and it does competition rankings sort of on the spot as well so that you can see where you're going so highly recommend that people get into that i'll put a link in the show notes so as uh let, let let's quickly before we go into how to monetize this stuff uh, I, I just want to make sure that we cover all the little things. Um, in video best practices, you know, are we asking people to subscribe and when are we doing that? Um, we discussed thumbnails, but we also should briefly touch on end screens, description best practices, all of these things. Because at the end of the day, YouTube is looking at many different things to make you rank in, in, in the algorithm. But the big one is watch time, right? And it's a cum it's cumulative watch time. It's, it's, it's kind of like how much watch time are you racking up on your channel? Um, and a lot of that has to do with recirculation, which has always been part of the YouTube game, right? Like, how are you getting people to go to other content and continue to, like, follow you? So what are the very, like, nitty-gritty tactical best practices that basically every video needs to have to be, to be a successful part of your channel? Yeah, so usually... 
we we've got kind of a loose script that we use, but there's some certain p- key elements that we like to have in place. Uh, first of all, hook. You got to get a good hook in the beginning to give people a reason to stay to the end. Also within that, mm-hmm. usually I try to have something near the beginning where you know I kind of give people it, if it's a longer video, anyways. If it's a longer video, I'm going to say, okay, well, we're going to go over this, 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 and this. I, I call it the table of contents. And the reason I do that is because that way, maybe they're just interested in one of those things. They're going to stick around for that one thing. Or a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just say, and at the end, I'm going to have something to help you with this. And usually that thing at the end is either a, you know, I'll send them to a squeeze page or a lot of times they'll an end screen to go to another video. So not only am I giving them a reason to stay to the end and getting watch time up on that video, but then I'm getting them on another video. So I think it's really important to get that hook in the beginning, get that in the beginning. Um, and so if I can just if I can just interject for a second, this is like super, super important, this idea of hook, because it's different on YouTube. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you say. And, and I love the way that you're describing it. I have like this, uh, this system that I've developed for for basically to create shareable video. It's called like the hero system, but the H stands for hook. But the thing is, not every hook is created equal. So on Facebook and Instagram, you may be creating a hook that actually stops people from scrolling. But on YouTube, the hook is more of what uh, what we would call in the TV news world like a deep tease, right? Like we don't just want people to stop. We want them to watch the whole thing. So you can't tease to something that's going to happen in five seconds or put all your best stuff at the beginning. You literally have to do it. Would, would, would you say that deep tease is sort of correct? Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing it's interesting. I- it's a very, very different yeah, and and one thing I've actually I found with Get Handles is so if, if if it's a video about how to do like you know five crazy moves you've never tried before, if I show the entire move in the first ten seconds, you know all five of those moves, you know the the whole you know if it's two three dribbles each move, and I show them every of those dribbles, okay, cool, I got it. See ya, next video. No, 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 no. I'm gonna show them a little piece of it and kind of chop it up and like give just little like here's one dribble of a three dribble move. Here's another dribble from a different move. So they're like, okay, there's some action shots. It's kind of engaging them. It's kind of like, okay, what's gonna happen? But I don't give them the big thing they came for until near the end. And that's like one thing that it took me a long time to figure out that it probably shouldn't have. But like, you've got to have those things at the end that people that, that gives people a reason to stay. Now, I think, like the thing I said before, like I'm going to have something at the end for you, like, and then link them to something with an end screen. That's helpful. But I think the more important one is what's the main reason they click the video? Like, what's the title and thumbnail? Like, what's the video about? You got to tease it. Yeah, is it, it relevant? Yeah. yeah. You got to tease it at the beginning and don't, don't give them the huge payoff until the end. I know some viewers, I get comments saying, I hate the big buildup and making me wait, but that's the way YouTube works. Like, you've got to play the game. Um, so if you want to get your stuff out in front of the audience, you've kind of got to be aware of where like the big payoff is in your video. I would say like that's one of the biggest tactics I could give. Uh, besides that, I found it helpful to near the hook, give a little bit of like, a, you know, this has worked for a lot of people, like almost like a testimonial or a uh, social proof element of some sort. That wow. really helps. Okay, yeah, that's great. And should should we be asking people to subscribe both at the front of the video and the back? Great question. Um, So... I pay a lot of attention to my audience retention graphs. And what I've noticed is if I ask people to subscribe in the beginning, a lot of times I'll get a dip. And a lot of times that that retention will come back up, but it's usually not quite where it left off. And you know, it's still a dramatic drop because 
you know, you'll be here and then it'll come down and then it'll come back up a little bit, but it, it's not like a nice smooth motion like you would want it to be, obviously. Um, and, and that point from where it drops off when that call to action, people are like double tapping to skip four or 10 seconds, basically. And some people are just flat out leaving. So what I found is I sometimes I'll ask people to subscribe if I really want to try to drive subscribers because that way there's a better chance they'll see it. But what I've started doing is just have like a lower thirds that's animated. So people see it. They know what's there. But at the same time, like people have been on YouTube a while. They understand like how subscribing works for the most part. I mean, you still got some people that are new to the platform. But I, I typically will just kind of keep with like hook and get right into the content. And while that's happening, somewhere in the bottom or the top, I'll have an animation so people can see it. And then near the end, I'll have another animation actually ask people to subscribe. And I think another big thing to consider is the notification bell. Like that should be part of your call to action. Subscribe and turn on all notifications because just because some, someone subscribed to you on YouTube, like it doesn't mean as much as it used to because you might subscribe to someone. And if you're not clicking to watch their videos, YouTube just stops showing them in your subscription feed. That's why you got to make sure you're getting people on that notification squad as people like to call it sometimes. So when you upload a video, it pops up on their screen. You know, if, if you're on their mobile device, they get a, a notification right there. Um, and it's sure to show up in their subscription feed. That's really great advice. Very interesting because I know there are multiple camps on that. Um, so as far as end screens, we're recirculating to other videos. Is that how? Is that what you do as well? Yeah. So I either want to try to get them to another video uh, or a playlist can be really, really powerful to really get that watch time and session duration up. And a, a really powerful tip I think I can give on that is like you, the way you present that playlist, if you're going to do a playlist, don't just say, hey, I got a playlist over here. Like, hey, I got a playlist here. Binge watch all those videos. You know, so that way, like when people think about it mentally, when they go to that playlist, they're not just looking at it as like, okay, I'm going to check out this playlist. They're thinking, okay, I'm supposed to binge watch this whole playlist, which they might not, but at least there's a better chance of them watching two, three videos versus just one. Okay, see you later. I forgot about it. I think that little bit, bit of change in a presentation can help. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really big to either get them onto a, another video or another playlist, or if, again, business-wise, get them onto a squeeze page or, or an offer you know, or a sales page or booking a consulting call or whatever the case may be. Um, and I think that's a big missing thing for a lot of people is not looking at that side of things. I, I think that we could probably talk for years about all the ways to optimize your content to to uh, to rise its through through the ranks of the algorithm. But but let's let's pivot here because because I think the transition works well, and I'm sure that you have plenty of resources people can go to to find out how to optimize these things. Um, turning it into a business, I, I think this is a good segue to that. What are the I would say let's start with the biggest mistakes that people make not to monet because I think that some people think that the best way to monetize your channel is by clicking the enable monetization box in your settings, but probably not. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, I, it, it, I have this struggle because I'm, I'm trying to show a lot of people how to grow a YouTube channel and then build a business around it. And the common theme I have with a lot of people is they just want to try to like grow the channel, get AdSense. You know, maybe get brand deals, which I think brand deals and sponsorships is a, a decent source of revenue, but like you are really missing out. Um, and it, I actually got a video coming out on the Inspire channel a little while talking about this. Uh, basically how, you know, I feel like the biggest reason a lot of people quit YouTube is because they don't feel like it's worth their time. And if, you know, you're just kind of doing it to grow with AdSense and get views, like, and you're not seeing the results from that, it's so much easier to quit. 
And I think if you just start taking a little bit more of a business-minded approach and build an email list and have products and services so you can make a little bit more money from that channel, it's a lot more worth your time and you're much more likely to stick with it. It's really hard to justify putting all this time and effort into these videos and maybe you want to get better equipment, but you can't because you can't afford it. You're running out of time to make the content. Well, if you're making money in return for it, now you're like, oh, you know what? I think I could put some more time into this channel. So I think it's really, really important for people to see the potential to make money through offering their own digital products, dig, you know, services online, consulting, you know, monthly memberships through Patreon. There's so many things out there. Uh, but the big thing I always tell people is like, if you just think like it's AdSense and that's your, like your goal, you're missing out. Like you could be making literally 10 times, maybe a hundred times more money through other means. Like people, people like pay a lot of money to run Facebook ads to get in front of people. But when you're like running YouTube videos, like if you think about it, like, like a business or marketing person does when they're running Facebook ads, trying to make a sale, like think about this, you're paying for Facebook ads to get in front of people. But if you're on YouTube, you're getting paid through AdSense to get in front of people. And on top of that, those people love you. Like people are so cynical about a Facebook ad, but when they come to watch, a YouTube video and they watch that whole thing and they really connect with you like, wow, this is really, really good. And you get to the end, like, you know what? They helped me out. Yeah. I'm going to check out that free thing they have. So then the creator, not only are they building that relationship, it's a lot easier to make sales and things like that. But on top of that, you're getting paid. You're not paying like you are for Facebook ads. So I think like people are really missing out on like what an opportunity they have. And I think the biggest issue is for a lot of people on YouTube, like they, they look at making offers as greedy. I've asked this into some Facebook groups and people are like, I feel like if, you know, I only have like a thousand subscribers, I only got a hundred subscribers. So I would feel like I'm selling out or I'd feel like I'm being greedy. And I'm like, not necessarily. Like there's people that want that next level of product or service or something more, you know, detailed or really breaking down a process or your individual attention. Like people would gladly pay for you. They'd be happy. Um, and I think just people have this kind of fear with, with anything money related and asking people for money. And it's, it's not evil. It doesn't have to well, be. Well, I mean, but so let's talk tactical about it. How do you actually, let's say that you have an info product that you're citing a link to it or something like that. How do you actually weave that in in a way that isn't destroying the expectation of value from that content? Where does it go? How do you pitch it? Yeah, so usually... For me, I've got like two or three different uh, free things that I'll give people to sign up for an email list. So usually what I'll do is like whatever the content is about, what's like relevant to this? What can help them take that to that next level? What can help them get the result of what that video is about and, and take it to the next level, get it faster, you know? always ask yourself like the, what ties in with it. So an example would be like, I've got videos on how to improve your ball handling. So like I got a free ball handling workout that'll help you in minutes. It'll improve your athleticism and your ball handling at the same time. It only takes minutes to do it. It's already helped thousands of players. I'm sure it'll help you too. Just go here. Um, I've got another one for shooting, you know, so I have a video that's about how to improve your shooting in basketball. At the end, I'll say, I've got a free workout for you. So I think it's just a matter of figuring out like, what's this free thing that's new, interesting, different, maybe goes a little more in depth, gives a full process, uh, gets them the result quicker or takes that result that they got from the video to that next level. And then for there, it's a lot easier for you to ask for that email and they'll be more willing to give the email, especially after you've helped them with all the free content they got on YouTube. It's more free stuff. Now you've kind of gave them two really cool free things, maybe more if they've watched multiple YouTube videos. And now when you ask for the sale, they're like, you know what? Jesse's helped me out for years. Matt's helped me out for years with these YouTube videos or months or, you know, I've watched five of his videos and I got so much out of them. I've literally had people tell me that they bought my products because they've got so much value out of the free stuff 
Like it wasn't even about the product. You know what I mean? And, and I think, you know, obviously you do want to make that product as good as you can, but if you can get them to take that next step onto that email list, and then from there you can provide them, you know, different, you know, links to other YouTube videos. You can get them back to YouTube. You could take that and then say, okay, well, I've got this sale going on this product. Usually it's 50 bucks. Now it's 25. Like that's a great tactic. Um, but you know, I look at the email list as like this way to build the relationship even further, give them some sort of, uh, exclusive content that I don't put on YouTube. And from there, like it's reciprocation, you give people good stuff and they'll be willing to pay for even better stuff. So let's get even more specific here. What are we talking about when we're trying to get people on our, in, in, uh, into our email list? Are we talking about info card on screen call to action and in the description? Typically, so I've switched this actually recently. For a long time, I had an end screen or I would put it in the description. But what I found is like on a mobile device description, they have to click the button, open the description, get it to expand. Or sometimes the end screens, they don't work all the time. YouTube's been kind of buggy with that lately. So what I've been doing is I'll put it in the comment, the top comment, and I'll pin it there. Because people, this is kind of a couple things for you. People, number one, are a lot more likely to just scroll to the comments on their own. It's easy. If it's pinned to the top, it's front and center. And then it gets them down into the comments. So hopefully they'll leave some comments and get some engagement on the video, which helps, you know, build that relationship with them, get them coming back to videos and helps, you know, with engagement for the YouTube algorithm, all that stuff. So that I've been leaning a little bit more towards that, but I, it, even then I'll usually put it also in the description, the, the free gift or whatever. I'll also put it in the end screen. I'll also have an info card. Uh, typically, uh, I have found though those info cards, eh, they don't work so good. They, they, cause you got to get them to click to watch the info card. And that percentage is usually really low. And then when the info card pops up, the percentage of people that actually click one of the things in there is even lower. So I've leaned more towards uh, typically comment and end screen and then description to some degree. This is great. And then, and then you're asking them, I mean, you're actually yes. asking them to subscribe or sure. I think yeah. An important key. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah. I think a lot of people. People think like, well, you know, they'll just do this or they'll just know it. Like I, I've got this free gift. They'll, they'll check it out. Like, no, you got to let them know it's there. Like it's crazy. Like how many, you know, for me, like with get handles, like I feel like, you know, you can get in the mindset of like, you know, of everything that you have. And it's a, a common, I think, mistake to assume that everybody else knows. No, they don't know. You got to let them know what you have to offer. So you can't assume people are going to check out the comments and check out the link you have there. You can't assume they're going to go to the description. You can't assume they're going to the end screen. Like anytime I have an end screen, I'll be like, click here and I'll look and I'll point and I'll say it. Um, and that makes a big difference. You know, even if I have like an arrow pop on the screen, like that's better. But to get me verbally saying it and looking and pointing, I feel like is I know is much more powerful and it gets a higher click through rate than just having it kind of pop up there and, and passively having it there. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to to what you might do. And I mean, it's sort of it's the same idea as a webinar. I mean, you front load massive amounts of value and then you come in with a call to action. And, you know, in this case, it's a relatively simple, you know, sign up for my email list. It's there's not a lot of friction here. They know that they can back out at any time. Um, as long as you're making the experience easy, putting them into a good sequence, it makes a whole lot of sense for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Jesse, this is great. Thank you so much. Uh, I think we're all going to be uh, blowing up our YouTube channels now. <laughs> but seriously, there are a lot of different camps about a lot of these things. And I also think it's very hard often to find all of the tips that you need to crush this in one place. So I'm, I'm, I, I really think we've done that in this show, which I think is great for people. Where can they find out more about you? 
yeah, so they can check me out on YouTube is where I'm really trying to get people to grow my channel um, and help more people. Uh, that's are you on YouTube? You God. are. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> two, two kind of three times with my wife now uh, with helping with her channel. Yeah, but uh, Inspire Video Marketing on YouTube. On YouTube, uh, got a lot of stuff on there that goes more in depth in some of the things. Gives screen shares for some things, uh, tactics, tips, ways to come up to topics. You name it. That's great. Yeah, I, I I highly recommend. I'll link to them in the show notes. I highly recommend that everybody check those out because one of the best ways. When you, when you have a platform that has so much tactical stuff involved with it, one of the best ways is just to see who's crushing it and, and try to emulate some of that and make it your own. So Jesse's one of the best, so check him out and see what he's doing there. Thank you so much for being here and, and for giving us all of this value. Really appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate you having me on, Matt. It's been fun. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Video Marketing Podcast. Another great episode here today. If you got value from this, and I certainly hope you did, please do subscribe, leave a review, and looking forward to seeing you next week. Cheers.